it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. You cannot change anything. You can't. Even if you tried to, wouldn't work. Why not? Time, it's like a stream. Right, we can move forward on that street, we can move in reverse, but we cannot ever create a new street. If we try to do anything different, we will fail every time. Whatever happened, happened. How do you know so much about this, Danny boy? I know about this because I spent my entire adult life studying space-time. I know all this because this journal contains everything I've ever learned about the Dharma Initiative. This is why I'm here. I know what's happening. So how can we stop it? We can't stop it. Then who can? Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back Lost Revisited as we continue with our coverage of the season, uh, or the series rather, diving this time into season five. I am Ben. And I'm Kristen. Uh, This week we move forward with our discussion of the season five premiere because you left. We have Uh, to go back. (laughs) So I'm going to say right off the front or right off the top, it seems like I don't have a lot to say about this episode because we had, but I th- realized that's because we had so much to say about the premiere yeah, or about you, the finale. Yeah. You know what though? Like, I think I have like some good questions that we can possibly discuss, but yeah. um, other than that, it, you know, it's to me, this episode is probably the most set up episode that, that we've had as far as premieres of seasons go like usually you, I mean, there's always a, an, an element of setup, but this one is just all set up. Like you, you don't know what's going on at all, but you, but we touch base with everybody anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Uh, before we go any further, of course, we have to let you know, this is a spoiler full podcast. So if you're listening to this, uh, no, we will talk about things that have not already happened, not just things that have already happened, but things that will that have yet to happen in the series. And that's uh, pretty much a guarantee. Well, especially we can't this help episode. ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> well, especially this episode. Yeah, because like you said, it is mostly set up mm-hmm. for the rest of season five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it kicks off literally right where season four leaves off. Kind of. Um, I think I think. Uh, We'll we start it. off with Do- Dr. Marvin Candle. Yes. We do. do we want to just jump right into it now? Yes. And, okay. <laughs> no setup for us either. Just jumping right into the episode. <laughs> no, but I mean, you're you're right. We do. We get a little bit of, I mean, and this is one of the, the one times in the show where, you know, we've seen 
scenes like this before. Like we saw Desmond in the in the hatch before we knew what the hatch was. Mm-hmm. We didn't know who Desmond was. This time, to at least to me, I think it was pretty clear who this person was. I don't know about you. And maybe that's just because we've seen it already. Who what person was? Marvin Candle. Oh, well, of course we knew who he was. We've seen him the entire time. Are you talking about like who who he is? Well, no, because they they do the same kind of thing like they did with Desmond and they did with Juliet when we were introduced to those characters in that they hide their faces while the scene is going on. But this oh, time I, I feel... see what you're saying. I'm sorry. No, it's, um, it's fine. I don't feel like they hid his face as much this time. Well, I, it, he was a lot, rec- lot more recognizable as somebody we already know. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I see what you're saying. I mean, it's it was definitely if you haven't seen it before, you're kind of like you have an inkling that maybe we're going to see who we think we're going to see. But he's always been like this older doctor gentleman, you know, with silver in his hair on all of the videos. Mm-hmm. And there's a baby introduced in the room. And you're just kind of like, this guy is too old to have an infant. Um. But he's not, obviously. I mean, he's so I think that that was a, a little bit of misdirection. Possibly. And this is, I think. And we I all think, we all find out who that baby is. Oh, we do. Eventually. That's one ba- of my favorite parts. <laughs> yeah. That baby is somebody we've already met. Um, but yeah, so Marvin Candle, this is the third name we've gotten out of this character before. We've gotten. Yep. Uh, um, Mark Wickman and Edgar Hallowax were the other two names. Marvin uh, Candle being the third. I think we get another one, don't we? Well, we 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 get his real name too, but we haven't gotten that yet because none of these names are his real name. His real well, name. Is, his real name is Pierre Chang. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. I, I was like sitting here scrolling up, going, "I know his name. What is it?" Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pierre Chang. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, what is real? On the Dharma initiative. Well, but so here's another very interesting question this brings up. And now we're getting into that territory again that we've brought up before that we don't remember everything that happened. Yeah. So now it's almost like we're rediscovering a lot of this stuff for the first time again, which I'm really excited for. Because one question this brought up for me, one of the questions this brought up to me is. If. Was this baby born on the island? Because we've always been shown so far, this is something that can't happen. Or is that something that is developed later? Like pre and post incident? Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe it's the incident that causes that. Maybe. I mean, that's a lot of radiation to emanate from an island. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right, because the incident isn't far off at this point from that moment in time. And if. If the incident happened while this baby was an infant, then it's possible that the radiation blast itself could have caused this infant's abilities. That we might as well just say it. I mean, the infant is miles. I know, uh, you but know, we're beating around the bush. I know, but I was, I, I was enjoying that part. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Walt. Cause Walt had abilities too. 
that they never discovered. But yeah, I mean, the baby is indeed Miles. Um, so yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is the radiation that causes him to have this ability to speak with the dead or whatever it is that, that he can do. Because I did have the same question uh, while I was watching is whether or not he was born on the island. Um, or, well, he was obviously born on the island, but did his mother get pregnant on the island? Yeah, because that's the other thing is if uh, that's it, because if you're pregnant on the island, that's mm-hmm. when you can't give birth. Right. Because Claire why gave, son needed to leave, but Claire was able to give Claire birth. was able to give birth to Aaron. You're right. So maybe that is the case. And she just wasn't um, she got pregnant off the island before they got there. Right. Or while right. they were off island. So that, that could have been very, very well been the case. Now, did the incident happen when Kid Ben was on the island? I believe so. Yes. Hmm. That's all. And that's, that's all for future Ben and future Kristen to work out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In their heads, but that's some food for thought for later. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. This episode, usually when an alarm goes off, it's always music. And in this case, it wasn't, the music wasn't put on until later. Yeah. He put on the Willie Nelson record afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find it, it's something I didn't really put together until rewatching the episode for the second time too, is by the end of this episode, we get the whole analogy of think of time or think of the Island as a record and it's skipping. Yeah. Well, what happens to that Willie Nelson record in the beginning of this episode is it skips. Yeah. But the words that they were saying, what was it? Well, who cares? But it was, there was a, (laughs) there was a phrase that they kept saying over and over and over again. And I thought, Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I, I don't remember. I don't think I picked up on it. I don't know if I picked up or paid attention to what it, uh, what the words were. I know the song was uh, Shotgun Willie from Willie Nelson, but I don't know what the words were. I'm trying to see if I can, if it was anywhere in, no, it's not anywhere in my notes. So Well, that's okay. But did you, you did notice what time the clock turns to as well, right? Of course not. No, it's 8.15. Aha. The alarm goes off at 8.15. I love it. I love all the number stuff in this. There, there are two instances of 8.15 in this episode. Uh, the second one, that's the easier one to discover. The second one is a little bit more well hidden. And what's that? Uh, it is over. It is being said over the loudspeaker when Sun is at the airport. Ah, Flight twenty three at gate eight at gate fifteen. I th- I th- think that's it. Something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh so yeah. I mean, that's that opening scene with with Marvin Candle and the record. Um, so I thought what was really interesting about his um the his video that he was doing with the arrow. I think that you can kind of see why the videos are all chopped up because it looks like he was always interrupted with some kind of a crisis and they needed to just splice together what they could. Um, Oh, I didn't think about that. Like just in rudimentary ways. But what was interesting to me was that he was talking about the arrow and how the arrow was, um, was designed to help develop uh, defensive strategies and gather intelligence on the islands hostile. And then it sounded like he was saying indigenous, which made me think that um, it was Richard Alpert and all of his group. And there was some kind of a war between them. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
So it was always the others or the Dharma initiative against the, the island natives. Yeah. Right. Until, until Ben came along and kind of. Threw a wrench in the entire operation. Yeah. yeah. Ben, I <laughs> kind mean, of little match on some, uh, on some fuel. Jet well, fuel. well, as we know, I mean, Ben was pretty much the inside man for the others. He's always the inside man and he's the inside man on everything. He's the inside man on, on Kate's debacle too. Yeah. And we, as we do find out in this episode, well, we don't find out, but anybody who's watched the series already knows that uh, he tells quite a few, quite a couple little white lies this episode. White lies? Okay, they're flat out lies. <laughs> white lies. What is what is a non-white lie to you? Uh, oh, no, I didn't kill The John Holocaust Locke. never happened. <laughs> okay. That's not a white lie. That's a flat out lie. <laughs> we just went. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this train didn't just derail; it went off a bridge. Yeah. It did. Um, no. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We, as we find out, or as we know in this episode, not everything Ben is saying is completely truthful. Actually, not anything he's saying is completely truthful. Well, I, I seriously think that he doesn't tell the truth once in this episode. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we have to go. That's the truth. <laughs> well, I was thinking I was thinking of the scene with him and Jack in the in the motel room. And when they see the the uh, the news report on Hurley escaping and he says to Jack, well, that's going to change plans a bit. And now I'm thinking I'm like, no, that's probably not true either, because he's probably the I think he's the one that sent Saeed to rescue Hurley. No, I think that Saeed's on his own mission right now. Was he on his own mission at that time? Well, I I do. I because he does make mention of um Ben being a liar about everything that he has said and everything he's done. I think that Saeed killed Ben's man that was watching Hurley because he had plans to go get Hurley. I think that, well, I know that that was Ben's lawyer that came to get the blood sample to freak out from, Kate from Kate. Yeah. To get her motivated to get out of Dodge. I, I remembered that part. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what it is, is I think that he, he's trying to plant his moves in advance to make sure he's got all of his pieces where they need to be. And I think Saeed is the wrench for Ben right now. Okay, that would make that would make some more sense. So the man that he killed outside of the mental institution was Ben's man. And but he still knows that he listen, I don't know. I don't know because I can't remember. But that's that's what makes sense in my mind, because Saeed has a lot of hate for Ben Linus right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think I you might be right. I can't remember. You might be right. Uh, one interesting thing to note, too, um, and it was something I didn't realize when we talked about recording this episode, is that episodes one and two of season five actually aired together. <laughs> um, it went right into the, the night this aired. It went right into season two. It was a two hour premiere. Oh, well, so I got my second COVID shot this week and I spent all of Wednesday in bed. 
Uh-huh. But I, I wasn't sick. I was just super dizzy and I couldn't stand up. So I was laying down and so I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch Lost. And as soon as it was over, I said, I need to watch another one. <laughs> but then but then I didn't because I was like, no, I'll get confused. I should have. Yeah. I should have just watched the next one. Now you should have because <laughs> episodes one and two aired on the same night. So, yeah, uh, well, that makes sense because I was just like, no, I need to do it now. <laughs> well, <laughs> and because, I said it just like that, like Cookie Monster. Well, because the way the episode ends is like, it's so good that it makes you, it does, it makes you want to go right into that next episode. Well, because we only get like two seconds of Desmond and he's always fun to follow. So, well, I mean, and like you said too, like it makes a lot of sense because this episode is so much just set up. Mm-hmm. for everything that now it, it does make sense that that's why they formatted it that way was because the second episode was supposed to be, this is what it set up. Uh, and yeah. now well, the story is moving forward. Yeah, that makes sense. So <laughs> we're dumb. So now I we mean, did it wrong. <laughs> we did it wrong. We should have done one or two together, but it's all right. Uh, you know, we'll do two next week and we'll have more to talk about next week. Yeah. And I might actually end up rewatching this episode again, right into episode two. Yeah, I I did it again. I rewatched it right before we recorded. And you as soon as Desmond right was it. like, we have to go to Oxford. I'm like, oh, why is it 256? I want to go to Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So let's go back to that opening real quick, because there is something major that happens in that opening. And by opening, I mean, before the lost logo. Yep. Uh, you know, that guy comes in and says, we have a problem at the orchid. We get Marvin Candle going to, well, Pierre Chang uh, going to the orchid and we get the, the, the miners. We find out it's deep in the orchid. So this is the station that's being built that Ben and Locke were just at in the mm-hmm. season finale being built. We see the drill bit melted. Uh, we see the x-ray of the donkey wheel in the back and I, from something that I can remember being a, a bit of a shock. The first time I witnessed is who was also in that mine. Yes. And it's, and, uh, it's Faraday. You know, though, I mean, for, if there was ever a character that I wasn't going to be shocked by seeing in that mine, it would be Faraday. Yeah, because he's all into the science of like everything. Like if we saw happening. Locke, I would be like, what are you doing there, Locke? But I see Faraday, I'm like, well, this has an answer. <laughs> or if, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you're right. I think you're right. I think if, if we saw anybody else, yeah, it'd be a bigger shock. But Faraday, but even still, like even as a first time viewer, I, I remember seeing like Far- the head come up and it's Faraday. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? And but you're right. Like anybody else, it would have been like, holy shit. Like, right. How did he get there? Like, yeah. You know, but fair day. You're like, OK, you know what? I'm going to ride this wave. I yeah. know that, I know that like, there's an answer. What is happening now? I'm really into it. <laughs> yeah. Eloise was Eloise there, too. <laughs> no, we haven't. No, the Eloise rat yet. Eloise. Oh, that's right. That's oh, that's right. Eloise, the rat. Uh, But I think it. I think it was funny, too, when, you know, when when Pierre Chang was talking to the miner and he's like, you know, we're going to harness this energy for time travel. And he's like, Oh, what are we time travel? Huh? What are we going to go kill Hitler? Like that seems to be the argument. Anytime time travel becomes a possibility or a discussion of time travel happens is <laughs> would you kill Hitler? 
Yeah, I'm glad that you brought this up because the way that they explain time travel in this episode is the best way that I have seen time travel explained so far in a lot of the different movies and shows and theories that you've ever seen. I love the the fact that you cannot change the past. No matter how hard you try, you're going to get thwarted, right? You can go and you can visit and you can skip around, but if you're trying to change the past, you're not going to be able to do it. And and if it didn't happen, it's not going to happen. And and the biggest example of that is probably Locke. He sees the plane, he's climbing up, he wants to save the people, he gets shot in the leg, mm-hmm. right? He's it's not going to happen. Sawyer's banging on the door and he can't get Desmond to answer, but um Daniel Faraday is able to get him to answer. And, and it was a big leap of faith on, on Faraday's part. Um, you see, you see the, the interaction between Locke and Richard Alpert, which I want to get back into later. Yeah. Um, where Richard is like, no, you, you told me about this. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, look, man, you know, I wish that we could talk about this, but this already happened. Right. Every nothing that Locke did was something that he made happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I thought that that, there was something really interesting about about that. Well, when you when you think deeper about that, too, about Daniel saying that, like, everything that's meant to happen is going to happen. You can't Mm -hmm. change any of it. Uh, It's 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 very coincidental. Well, not coincidental. Like it's it's definitely there's a reason why they're doing all of this around the hatch. Yeah, because that hatch is very significant to that hole. If it's meant to happen, it's going to happen Mm -hmm. because something you don't find out until the end of this season is that hatch exists because of them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and it's it's kind of like that circle of time that hatch exists because of something uh, because of something that they do. Mm-hmm. Well, the hatch was already being built at the time, but there is something that happens at that hatch that involves them. Well, which is why you need to you know relieve the pressure or yes. change the pressure or distribute the pressure, whatever it was that you were doing at the hatch with the button, right? Okay, so that may that let me yeah let me rephrase. So the hundred pushing the Putting in the numbers every 108 minutes is to save because the world. of them. Is because of them. I love how nonchalant Juliet says yeah. it too. There's a guy in there. His name is Desmond. He's pushing a button every 108 minutes to save the world. Yeah. And Charlotte's like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, at this point, you're jumping through time. So, yeah. like, do you really question anything? At I would this actually point? question whether or not I was truly alive. <laughs> um, at that moment in time, I'd be like, oh, okay, so I'm dead. Cool. <laughs> so so this brings up another question. And I don't know if it's something that gets explained later or not. And I kind of have a theory about it. But, you know, in season four and in the, re- the season four season finale and in the recap that we get in the beginning, we see Ben turn the wheel. The island disappears. And now all of these people are jumping through time. Well, the island's not jumping. It's them that's jumping. So the island moved and they're lost in time at this point. So like, okay. So we find out later that the wheel wasn't placed. Yes. Right. So 
we've got a big, like, you know, everything is off. It's like, you know, the, when you can't get the gears, the, the chain in the bike. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I, I'm thinking that, see, see my- I don't know because not everybody is skipping through time. Richard Alpert has told Locke that he and, and the, and his people, they're not skipping through time. It's just the losties. Right. At this point. Well, yeah. it's the losties and it's Juliet. Okay. So it's the people that came to the island, not the people that were already on the island. So why is, okay. And just bear with me here. Yeah. If Miles was born on the island, why is he skipping with them? I don't know. Well, because and, and also, I mean, that brings up another question. Did I too. break your brain because your eyes went weird? You what, you did. You did a little <laughs> bit because that also made me think of Charlotte because Charlotte has also been on the island before. But right. Charlotte, unlike Miles, knows she's been to that island before. Because she was older than I Miles. I think Miles before. knows that he's been to that island before. I think he knows very well. I mean, he wasn't I going anywhere. <clears throat> I don't remember. Yeah, maybe he does remember he was he's from the island too. I don't think maybe he doesn't remember, but he definitely knows that he has been there because he he said to Charlotte, he goes, I'm staying here. I'm also, you know, looking for roots, looking for my roots. Oh, so maybe he does maybe he does know he's from there too. So maybe leaving the island kind of yeah, see, I don't know. Like what makes them part of this group that's jumping. I, I don't know what it is. The, the only thing I can think of is that, like you said, the wheel, the cycle is not complete. Uh, it's lock that completes the cycle. And that's when they stop jumping. Um, so maybe it's, maybe it's just partial, like the Island moved like it was intended to, but because the cycle wasn't complete, these guys are kind of stuck in a loop until it is. Because when, I mean, and I guess wherever they end up in their flashes is where they end up, which is actually exactly what happens. Yeah. Because we find out that's how Faraday is in that mine and the rest of those guys are there too. So, but I, you know, that, yeah, that brought up the question of, you know, how did the island move and only they are the ones moving? That's an interesting question because I don't, I'd love the answer to that one. And maybe we'll get it. Again, there's things we don't remember. Now yeah. going into the season. So I'm kind of, it was almost a little saddening at this point too. I had a quick moment of sadness where I realized, oh, we only have two more seasons left. I know. I know. But don't worry. We we know how to stretch this out. Jeez. <laughs> um. So let's, so, okay. So the island is skipping and we've seen where um, characters have been skipping in time before, like Desmond, like the doctor on the boat. Uh, when they're skipping just inside themselves, right back and forth in their lives, mm-hmm. um, they needed a constant. I'm glad you brought this up. So we, it's very exciting that we see Desmond um, being Daniel's constant because he wrote it in his book. And we knew, I knew immediately, even as a first time viewer, he's knocking on that door because Desmond is it is Daniel's constant. Daniel, that's the page that he turned. You don't see it, but when Daniel flips through his notebook, right, 
that's where he goes because he hasn't written if he hasn't written his notebook. If something goes wrong, Desmond will be my constant. Right. So we see him, we see him carrying that out, which is fine. And and we can go back to that in a second. However, I have a question for you. Okay. Is Richard Alpert Locke's constant? Because he is very discombobulated through this whole skipping through time thing. He's injured. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't have a Daniel Faraday explaining anything to him. He's, you know, he he's very weak minded anyways, as as we know. But Richard I, comes out. I don't think he is. And it um, seems to ground him. I don't I don't think he is. I think this is basically if I remember correctly, and I, I might I might not, I don't know. You know, Richard, in that conversation that Richard and Locke are having, you know, Richard even tells him the next time you meet me, you're not. Go- I'm not going to recognize you. Right. Um, you need to give me this. And he gives him the compass that we've seen before yeah. when Richard was testing him with the items. Um, if I remember correctly, the next time he sees him or one of the next times he sees Richard after he's convinced him of who he is. He tells Richard that I'm going to be here and I'm going to be shot. You need to come and help me. Okay. So that's fine. But um, that's kind of like what Desmond did with, or Daniel just did with Desmond. Oh, yeah, like, I guess you, that don't would know, kind of, you don't know, you don't know who I am. I guess that would kind of make him his constant, wouldn't it? I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I guess I'm asking. Yeah, I can see it. I can I can see it now if I think about it in that light. Yeah, maybe Richard is his constant. And that's exactly why he's they're able to Well, I mean, see, the difference between Desmond and Daniel being constant is they are actually each other's constant. Right. Um whereas Richard and Locke, it would just it's one way. Richard well, is Locke's Richard constant. doesn't need a constant. True. Yeah. But if you're going to have a constant, I think Richard Alpert is a good one to have. Well, I mean, I say it every week that eyeliner's on point. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, as we, it, and um, we see the nosebleed that's happening with Charlotte. And if anybody's paying attention, we know that that's what that doctor had. That's what Desmond had uh, as they were starting to lose their grip a little bit. Right. Yeah, and yeah. we'll see what happens to Charlotte in the coming episodes. But, um, you know, you see what happens when you don't have a constant. You see what happens when you do have a constant. Um, and so that makes me think of Sawyer and Juliet not being affected because they had each other through the whole thing. And uh, is that foreshadowing to kind of who they are to each other? So I want to jump into that because okay. I actually did have a good kind of moment with that. Um we see that the island is kind of jumping through time and it's and mm-hmm. at one point the island is going through the past. And I think even to a degree before we get the whole hatch thing, I think almost to a degree Sawyer's personality has kind of jumped back in time a little bit now too. He's a little bit more not, not caring about anything that's happening. He's really only looking out for himself, but you get that moment later on in the episode when he reveals why, like he Mm -hmm. says to Daniel, like everybody I cared about just blew up on your boat. He's like, that's what I know. Mm -hmm. And then there's that moment where like 
you know, where him and Faraday are confronting each other, there's that moment where Juliet steps in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a moment of clarity for Sawyer because Sawyer now realizes he has Juliet. Juliet's the only one he has left to him at this point because yeah. Locke's gone crazy yeah. and everybody else is Claire's somewhere off in the woods. That he, and he lost her. And he lost her. Yeah. Everybody else is gone. Juliet is now his constant. Yeah. I Juliet's mean, the only one that knows everybody that he knows. Yeah. Juliet is his constant, not in time, but in life. Yeah. Like, yeah. She, she is the she is the one because there's even when she steps in and Sawyer looks at her, there's almost like an instant relief in, mm -hmm. in Sawyer's face. Like he looks it like she calmed the beast. That was starting to come back in. Sawyer. she's very calming. Yeah, she never loses her cool. Very, very rarely does she lose her cool. And when she does, it's adorable. But that moment right there where she steps into Sawyer and Faraday, yeah. that is ground zero for them. To th for them. Yes, I would agree with that. Yes. And I just remember when I saw that rewatching this episode, I'm like, oh, there it is. Mm -hmm. That's that's the spark. Yeah. That's the spark that starts the flame of Sawyer and Juliet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. I am too. I'm really excited for that. Again, it's like one of those, it's one of those relationships that you would never thought would happen. And it's your Not, favorite. And it's your favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and another thing about Sawyer too, that I kind of want to, we've got to take a step back to the season four finale that we talked about. We talked a lot about Sawyer making the jump from the chopper yeah. and it being more for Hurley than for Kate. I think we're kind of corrected in this episode. I do think it is in part because of Hurley, but we do get that line where he's talking to Juliet and he says, I wanted to make sure she, I wanted to make sure they, yeah, he, he kind of corrects himself. He did that more for Kate than for Hurley. It's not to say he didn't do it for Hurley, but it was more for Kate than for Hurley. Hmm. I think so. I mean, you're probably right. Sun was also no. Sun was not on. Yes, yeah, no. Sun wasn't on it yet. No, she wasn't. No. Gosh, I couldn't imagine spending all that time because we know it's three years that they spend away from each other, thinking that everybody died on that freighter. Well, not just that, but them thinking that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. So we get. It's a, it's a, it's a weird situation because and we and you can kind of understand how it makes Jack go crazy uh, when he learns about it is because, you know, you have two different groups. You have the people on the island and you have the people that got off. The people that got off the island are there thinking people died on the freighter like Jin and Michael and everybody else just got left behind. And then you have everybody on the island thinking that everybody who went to the freighter died. So Sawyer and Juliet think that Jack and son and Kate and Hurley, they're all dead. And like each of these groups, each think they're all the other is dead. Um, and so you can see the madness that kind of builds up in in Jack when he realizes these people aren't dead. Like mm -hmm. we, that's why we have to get back to this island. Yeah, and you're right. It's it's a hell of a pain to live with for three years, 
especially when you're lost in time, Mm -hmm. when you realize like, okay, not only are all these people dead, but there's no way we can even get back. Like we have to live with it. I'd, I'd have a drinking problem too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's funny. So where do you want to go? Well, um, two places. I've got two, two places to go. Um, the first one is if we go back to that opening scene in the mine, did you see what was in the images? Oh, I said it, the donkey wheel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We got the x-ray of the donkey wheel. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was so. Or sonar. I wrote, I wrote a, uh, a little note here. I'm sorry. I've had a very off week. So if I'm not paying attention, this is just for everybody to know. If I'm not paying attention, it's because I'm just, it's taking a hundred percent of my focus to be here and I'm still not all the way here. I, I get it. Don't worry. Um, so I think that that wheel, seeing the wheel and the images and seeing them, just seeing the Dharma initiative, discovering the wheel is kind of confirmation that this was not made by the Dharma initiative, which is, which is a kind of a cool way to reveal that information, that this is a very old um, piece of the island. Mm-hmm. This is, the island has already had these powers. That's already had this energy. It's already had uh, these capabilities. And uh, Marvin Candle, you ain't shit. Well, yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Like we know this is a big reveal in that whatever this wheel was, was what was there well before the Dharma Initiative. Mm-hmm. But I think it gives us a good idea, actually, as to why now the Dharma Initiative is there. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. Like, it, and it's yeah. so interesting because it's so cold in there, which to me, that's like the biggest, the biggest mystery is how cold it is. Why is it cold in there while why the rest of the is island it so is tropical? cold in there? Yeah. I mean, you know, he puts on, in the finale, you know, Ben puts on that big jacket <laughs> Todd Locke is looking at him like, where are we going? But it also brings up a reason. It, for the it polar also bears? It brings up a reason for the polar bears. Yeah. Because they needed an animal that could withstand the cold. Mm-hmm. And, and it explains why there are polar bear bones in Tunisia. Because mm-hmm. at one point in time, they probably used a polar bear to move the island. Yeah, I can see that. To turn that wheel. Yes. And when it happened after it was done, that polar bear left the island just like Ben did and ended up in Tunisia and didn't survive because it's a polar bear in a desert. It's fascinating. And so I, I, I like those little teeny connections that they make so that like, you're like, this is an unanswered question. This is total crap. And then you're like, Oh wait, if I think about it for like five minutes, it actually does make sense. Yeah. But so here's the question though about this is the kind of unexplained part about that, though. Marvin Candle says that they can't break that wall because if they do, it it risks releasing that energy. And if it and if that happens, God help us all. Mm-hmm. Um, then who was using polar bears to turn that wheel? Because Dharma never gets in that cavern. Richard. I, I don't, that's what I mean. No, I, I don't, don't know. I mean, I, me I neither. I don't know. My answer is Richard. Yeah. <laughs> well, Richard is probably the answer for everything that you, <laughs> that's unexplained on this island. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's what I mean. Like if, did they but change if that's the-, the case, then how did Ben get the, get the knowledge of that? Yeah. 
That's what I mean. I don't know. I think at some point, maybe Dharma changed their mind and decided that once they could figure out a way to keep the energy at bay, then they went in. Which is why they had the little time machine capsule or whatever. Yeah. And they said, don't put anything metal in there because we don't understand this area. Well, that hatch that they, that, that little egg or whatever they built was kind of the go between between the, the, the station and the cavern behind it. Because once Ben blew the wall in the back of it, he was able to go right into the cavern. So that probably was the go between mm-hmm. of, of the two. They probably did break the seal into that cavern at some point and then built that little thing to kind of be the, the, the go between. Right. Well, until Ben decided to do something about it. Yeah. But the energy wasn't suddenly released like Marvin Candle feared. Ben just blew a hole in the cavern and went in the cavern. The re- the energy wasn't released until the wheel was turned. Or was the energy already released from the incident? Well, but the incident doesn't happen at the orchid. It happens at the pearl. It's, yeah, but it's still limitless energy that went through some sort of a place. True. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm speculating here. Me too. I mean, and maybe there's more of that that will be revealed in this fifth season that we just don't remember. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, me neither. I'm I'm I, I'll be honest with you. I'm more excited to get through seasons five and six than I probably was seasons one through four because yeah. there are things I don't remember. <laughs> because now we really get to speculate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um. Let's talk about Locke and Richard. Okay, let's do uh, that. A little bit more. I mean, we did touch base on it a little bit, uh, you know, with Locke and Richard and the compass. But yeah, I think that's more, I like the idea of Richard being Locke's constant now. Yeah. After you brought that up. I like that idea. I um, have really good ideas sometimes. You do. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, we see Locke witness the the plane go down, which we know is Echo's brother, uh, you know, and part of his goon squad that were with him. So uh, I looked that up and that plane crash happened in 2001 and 815 crashed in 2004. Okay. And everybody was off the island for three years. So there seems to be like a three year difference back and forward from 2004 that people are playing with okay um i don't know why i don't know why either uh maybe it's so the, okay so then maybe the point as do we know how long desmond was in the hatch i think three years was it three years because we know when when daniel knocks on the door of the hatch it's before the hatch exploded so it, the question then becomes was that before or after the plane crashed the plane with Jack and everybody. Um, well, didn't he say how long it had been? So I'm, I'm looking at it now. It's so Kelvin is the one that brought Desmond into the hatch. He, cause Desmond washed up on shore after two years, Kelvin showed Desmond how to initiate the lockdown. So it had to have been okay. So Desmond had lived in the station for three years while Kelvin continually left the hatch in his suit under the pretense. So he was in there for longer than three years. Okay. Um, so it had to be at some point post Kelvin 
and pre well i don't know because the plane crash still could have happened at that point and they just didn't know it because the losties just hadn't discovered the hatch yet yeah and maybe kelvin was sleeping or out on one of his walkabouts i'm i'm going to fix the boat walkabouts yeah so i mean yeah you're right i mean this there's a number of years that that instance could have happened in could have happened during Kelvin, post Kelvin, or post crash. We don't yeah. know because it's never it's never revealed. So, but we're not done either. I mean, there's still a number of other times that they're going to jump to before they end up where they end up. Yes. Uh, I want to say how great it was seeing Rose and Bernard. Yeah, I love I seeing Rose and seeing Bernard. them. Mm-hmm. And I think if I remember correctly, I think we get more of them this yeah. season only because of the fact that there aren't as many characters on the island to use now because the rest of them are off the island. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that you're right. So they kind of had to reintroduce new characters back into the story, like Rose and Bernard and Frogert. I don't know if you remember Frogert at all, but Frogert was on oh, the boat yeah, with yeah. Faraday. Yep. I do remember him. And Frogert is now back into the mix. Yay. <laughs> Uh, I do remember seeing um, a name in the credits in the opening of the show that I haven't seen in the in the credits for a while, and I forgot. Um, I remember I saw the name, and I'm like, I know that name. Why is that name familiar? And it's William Mapather. Yes, I saw the same thing. And I'm just yeah. like, William Mapather. I'm like, how do I know that name? Like, I know I haven't seen it in a while. How do I know it? And then we find out that the person that shot Locke was Ethan. Yep. Ethan from Ethan from Sue, uh, which Ethan, like while he is a bad character, I still kind of like him. Well, he wasn't really bad either. He was do he was under orders. Yeah. That's a better way to put it. I mean, you know, when you get a little bit more story on him, you end up feeling kind of bad for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Not as bad as Goodwin. No, Goodwin. Goodwin was straight up sent to die. Yeah, he was expendable. Yeah, poor Goodwin. You feel more. You feel sorry. You feel more sorry for Juliet than you do for, um, for Goodwin though. Oh no, Juliet was completely cursed from the moment she agreed to go on this little trip for her. No, sister. I mean, no, I mean, like she. I mean, when it comes to Goodwin. No, right. No, no, no. Just yeah. everything that happens to her from the moment she said, sure, I'll take on this contract is tragic, including true. losing Goodwin. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and it is nice that we do see that Juliet finally does find a little bit of happiness for a while. Before she tragically dies. Before she tragically dies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because her whole <laughs> life is tragic. Yes. Um. I really don't have many more notes. No, I have honest. nothing else. Actually, um, I've, I've said it all. I love there's we get a little bit more. Well, we get Sun and Charles Whitmore. Yeah. Uh, in, in the airport in which she admits to Charles Whitmore that she wants to kill Ben Linus. So now we know from the season four finale when she says to her father, there are two men I blame for the death of my husband. We know who the other one is. I think we, oh no, you and I had guessed that it was Widmore. Yes, we had yeah. thought that it was possibly Whitmore. But now we know it's it's most likely Ben. 
because yep. I think I think Jeremy Bentham tells her yes that Ben was the one responsible for killing Kimi, which in return blew up the freighter. I can't wait for that episode where we where we actually see what Jeremy Bentham told everybody. Yeah, because that's I forget what episode that is, but I do know that's. Is it called Jeremy Bentham? Um, l- no, there's so. The Lie is the next episode. That's episode two. Yeah, I think you're right. Episode seven, The Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham. Yeah, it's yeah. that episode. It's that episode where we're going to find out. And then the next episode, though, I just looking at the title is one I'm very excited for, and that's LaFleur. Yes. Because LaFleur is an amazing character. Yeah, and yeah. You already, and you already know who he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. This is a great season. Oh, and there's 17 episodes. Isn't that lovely? Yep. And then season six is also is 18. So we still got a ways to go. Um, but it's I'm I'm kind of saddened that we're in the final two seasons, but I'm really excited because these are fun seasons. Yes. And I don't remember a lot of them. So and we get a be... Richard, we get a Richard episode. In this season? Yes. Is it follow the leader? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at whatever yeah. happened, happened. Namaste. Life and death of Jeremy Bentham. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah, excited. There's, there's some fun episodes. This is going to be fun. That we're going to be talking about. Um, the Saeed and Locke or Saeed and Hurley stuff is kind of fun. We get another uh, fight scene. With yeah. Naveen Andrews, which I have a feeling that was probably the producer saying, you know what? You were so good in season four in that fight scene. We're going to give you another one in season five. I, I, I think he keeps fighting, too. Uh, I I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, there, there's probably more fight scenes coming with Naveen Andrews. I love him. I will say, though. I love one of my favorite one of my favorite lines from this episode is the first time we see Saeed and Hurley in this episode and they're at the rainbow drive through. Oh, the comfort food line. Yeah. Hurley says, you know, maybe if you ate more comfort food, you wouldn't have to go around shooting people. Yeah. And I thought to myself, that seems like a really good way to live your life. <laughs> it's a good mantra. Yeah. To have yeah. Uh, comfort food will keep you calm. Self-care I'm, will keep you stable. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it, but I love that. And the other one I have too is when uh, when Saeed says to Hurley, like Jeremy Bentham came to visit me and he's like, you mean Locke? He's like, yeah, I mean Locke. And Hurley's like, I need a code name. Yeah. <laughs> you do. You have Hugo and Hurley, man. He's got two, man. Yeah. Hugo, I love. Uh, so that really just brings us to the end then with after, after Daniel knocks on the door of the hatch and Desmond answers, uh, we get Desmond waking up going to Oxford and, uh, you know, going to Oxford. And he realizes that this is not a nightmare that he had as Penny thought it might've been. This is a memory. Yeah. That it was a memory because these Penny. two, are, because these two are each other's constants. They are affected differently in their connection through time. They can remember each other. Actually, no, they're not each other's constants because Penny is Desmond's constant. That's right. I stand corrected. You're right. Penny is Desmond's constant. But yeah. Desmond is Daniel's constant. Yes. 
So, uh, and we, but we do know before the flash happens and Daniel goes away, he says, you need to go to Oxford. You need to find my mother. Her name is. Yeah. And that's and all then we get. Nothing. Uh, we know who she is. Yes, we do. Because we've already met her. Uh, in a couple different forms, at least one form I know of, uh, because Desmond has already met her. She is the woman that paints the picture. I think, oh no, that was a photographer that took the picture. Who is she? I know Desmond has met her before. Yeah, no, we've seen her before. We've seen her before, but it's Eloise Hawkins. Yeah. Is, is Desmond's, uh, or Daniel's mother. Yeah, Daniel has quite the set of parents. Yes, he does, because we've already met his father. Yes. <laughs> That's really all I have notes-wise, though. I mean, again, it's, you're right. It's a lot of setup for what's coming down the road. Yeah. Uh, but still a great episode to kick off the season with. Very much so. And Very I'm, much so. I'm really looking forward to, to going on with season five. Yes, me too. Uh, but that brings us to the feedback section of the podcast, uh, which we encourage everybody to do. We encourage you guys to leave us feedback. Let us know if we're right about something, if we're wrong about something. If you have opinions, let us know. Uh, there are multiple ways that you can leave us feedback. First, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are on Twitter at lost revisit pod, lost revisited pod. Lost Revisit Pod. You're right sorry. the first time. You're yeah, <laughs> sorry. And we are on Instagram as Lost Revisited Pod. Yep. Uh, you can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave us a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address. Right. Uh, the podcast <laughs> The podcast now is on a couple different platforms, so we welcome the new audiences that we're getting from that, including Amazon, Audible, and stitcher uh but if you like the show we encourage you guys to leave us a review on any of those platforms that allows you to do that including uh, apple podcasts so we have two pieces of feedback this week as we usually do from our friends des and steve i'm going to turn it over to you to do des's feedback first because his was written in this week yes it was thanks des <laughs> from des Hey guys, here we are at the season premiere of my favorite season of the show. I'm all about time travel stories and this season doesn't disappoint. Am I channeling him okay here? You're doing well, yeah. <laughs> we had four <laughs> jumps in just this episode. So we finally get some backstory on Pierre Chang. We meet his family. We find out he's multi-talented. Not only is he an astrophysicist, but as an actor, he comes to the set prepared, off book no less. Am I the last one to notice that when Ben goes down the donkey wheel, down to the donkey wheel, he is wearing Peaching's parka? No, I, I think that we all knew that. Did we? Because I think I missed it. It said Halilax on it. Oh, that's right. Well, we did cover that. You're right. Halilax was one of his aliases. I'm also curious exactly how much he knew about the island before getting there. When the foreman shows him the picture with the donkey wheel, he doesn't even blink at the odd sight. Then he warns him about the danger and about the rules of time travel. In the lost verse, time is 100% linear with no branching off into new timelines and no changing the past. But Daniel claims that the rules don't apply to Desmond. In the flash forwards, 
Jack looks rough. Ben lies about the last time he saw John. Kate gets lawyered. Son gets detained. And Saeed scares Hurley. <laughs> that was another great action scene for Saeed. But what kind of whack job loads their dishwasher like that with a ton of carving knives pointing up? I think that was on purpose. I do, too. I think that was intentional. Also, when Kate is talking to attorney Dan Norton, was his associate's only job to stand behind him and make extremely punchable faces? <laughs> it was kind of weird when the newscaster called him the infamous Oceanic Six. I mean, Kate's legal story is common knowledge, but does everyone know about Jack's boozing and pill popping? Do people know Saeed is a hitman? Son is now a respectable businesswoman. Almost done, I swear. I consider Sawyer and Juliet on the beach their first official date. Oh, oh, and sorry, guys. Sawyer said it in this episode. I wanted to make sure she, awkward pause, I mean, they got on the boat. It was all about Kate, not Hurley. And Kristen, I'm glad to see that you're finally coming around to showing just how bad John Locke was. I'm not going to say I laughed when we saw how he died, but... I may have on the inside just a little catch you next time sent for mail for windows 10. <laughs> I love that you read sent for mail on windows 10. Um, <laughs> he didn't sign it off. It didn't end. So, I mean, we, uh, we corrected ourselves about Sawyer and his decision to jump off the chopper being more for Kate. Um, Sawyer and Julie out on the beach. Yeah. Maybe that, I guess that's their first date. I think the spark didn't come until later. Um, the as for the infamous Oceanic Six, I don't think that has anything to do with them being a hitman. I think that's just because they're so famous because of who they are. Um, you can call them the Oceanic Six because they're just they're famous. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you look at they're famous for that. I mean, if you look at life, it's never covered in the show, but I'm I can almost guarantee you in that life. They were spoofed on Saturday Night Live. They yeah, probably. Also, like, you know. That would they, have been fun if they incorporated any of that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but because of who they are, they probably just became a part of pop culture. Yeah. So that's what makes them infamous. Yeah. And infamy doesn't have anything to do with, it doesn't always have to do with evil. Infamous just means you're like, you're a step above famous. But I would also think that, well, and we're not in the time of like, extreme social media here either but i would think that jack being as drunk and as high as he always is probably would have caught on uh publicly by now at some point yeah people yeah. would have noticed him out in public like that yeah so uh but yeah cool thanks des for the uh oh he did send a second email too and all it said was frogert yeah i love him <laughs> that's the one we should have read <laughs> I know we should have just read that one and yeah. not read this one. <laughs> should have just been like from Des Frogert. Frogert. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Frogert sent for mail for Windows 10. There you go. See? Uh, but that leads us to our voicemail from our buddy Steve, which is more a commentary than a voicemail now. Steve's commentary corner. And we're fine with that. <laughs> uh, but let's go ahead and we will play that now. Hey, Kristen and Ben, this is Steve, and uh, this is for Lost uh, Because You Left. Is this, would this be a flashback, flash past back, the way this begins? Because isn't the baby Miles, and, um, you know, we're going to see some of our people 
here, but really the season is going to build up to where we get to this point, right? I think, I don't remember. So do they ever mention the other island ever again? Because I know, I guess both islands did move because they said at the end of last season, right, that they couldn't see the other island as well. So uh, Rose just mentioned the church. We haven't heard about the church in a long time. I love frustrated Sawyer. I mean, I, I mean, I hate that he slapped Daniel, but at the same time, Daniel kind of deserved, deserved it. Whatever happened, happened. I love all the casual time travel talk. Like, you know, like, well, you haven't yet. How do you know I have a bullet? You haven't told me yet. <laughs> when are we? Well, that's relative, John. I love this airplane-style conversation between John and Richard. Uh, what is this? It's a compass. What does it do? It points north, John. <laughs> that's not important right now. Well, that's right. Sawyer doesn't know that they got off the boat before it exploded. What a great ending to this first episode of the fifth season. I totally had forgotten about it the first time I watched it. And that that whole exchange between Daniel and Desmond and that memory being created in his mind. Whoa. Uh, and then him and Penny, we have to go back to Ox Oxford. Uh, wow. Can't wait to uh, hear you guys talk about this one and continue our journey through Lost. Talk to you later. What I, I love is that he's so into it with how anti he was. About yeah. this. I love it so much. Yeah. And I forgot about the line from Richard, too. He's like, what is this? It's a compass. Woods of War. It points north, John. Like, I forgot about that interaction between Richard and Locke. I'm surprised that he didn't remember. I'm surprised that John Locke didn't remember Richard at all. And now the compass would have like tipped me off on that. Oh, wait, I think I have seen you before. Oh, you're the guy that came to my house when I was in foster care. Well, I mean, you got to realize, too, this is probably a good at least 30 years later. I, I remember when I was 10. Clearly. Yeah, but this guy was a part of Locke's life for, what, a total of five minutes? He was a strange dude that came in and wanted to take him to a special school and gave him a whole bunch of stuff from a bag and then left angrily. I, That's memorable. I don't know if I would have remembered the guy's face. Well, then stop smoking so much dope, man. I've because never <laughs> smoked dope a day in my life. Thank you. <laughs> I would remember that. I just I would remember that. I don't know. I'm. Maybe, but we also know we've also kind of realized too that Locke is kind of weak minded. So, oh, okay, that's a good point. You know, I mean, he's not really as strong minded as we thought he was, and he dumb. <laughs> that's the way to put it. Uh, but yeah, again, thanks guys for the for the feedback, and we encourage all of our listeners to to leave us that feedback as well. Uh, that leads us to recommendations for the week uh before you give yours i have to ask have you progressed further into resident alien we have watched the first three episodes okay yeah. and your thoughts so far it's funny yeah it's yeah. really good it's it's like equal parts really dark and funny like like they've tackled domestic violence they've tackled like child adoption they've tackled um what else? Oh, they did something. And Dave goes, they, they discussed something like, and Dave goes, I mean, they get like real deep and dark here. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, alien. it's just like the it, weirdest, the weirdest juxtaposition. It goes dark. I'm, I mean, seriously, there are some dark moments of the show, but they yeah. are phenomenally well done. 
And I, 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 I can't wait for you to get a little bit further on. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I did. I did just watch an episode where they realized that they were at the wrong party. Oh, yes. Yes. That was um, really fun. That, did, that I like the way that that whole thing was filmed. That I have, was a lot of fun. I have to ask. There's one scene and I got to I have to kind of say it carefully so that I don't ruin anything. Did, have you gotten to the scene with him and Darcy in the cab of the truck no. where Darcy kisses him? No. Oh, my God. OK. All right. If if you thought it was hard to catch your breath from him looking up taint and douchebag. Oh, so we we really enjoyed him looking up circumcision last night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait a minute. So I think you've gotten to it because I think it is in the third episode, but there's the episode where he has to give the the girl a mammogram, the woman a mammogram. No, not yet. Oh, oh God. Okay. All right. You'll get, maybe that's the next episode. Okay. Yeah, no, we're not there yet. But the uh, but him looking up circumcision was was wonderful. <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, and I think you've met Max at this point too. Yeah, Max and yeah. his and his new friend. Yes, thank God he has a friend. Max, the relate Max is is a great addition to the series. You'll oh, you'll really learn to love Max by the end. I already like him. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait for you to keep going to this show. Uh, but what what's some of your recommendations for the week? <sighs> Ooh, what is it? Um, nothing. I <laughs> I've done nothing this week. I honestly <laughs> I don't know what happened to my week, but I I started Ready Player Two on um the audio version, and we're watching um we're trying to catch up on television from Easter break. Cause we had Easter break and we went out of town and then we came back and the whole week has been like, got a COVID shot, went to sleep for a day and woke up and, and we're still trying to unpack and do laundry and clean our house. Yeah. Well, not to mention too, it's, it's only been a couple of days since we last recorded. That's true. You know, we usually are a week in between each recording, but because of Easter, we recorded late last. I can last tell episode. you what I don't recommend. Uh, go for it. You have a smile on your face because I'm really curious. I don't recommend the Negan episode of Walking Dead. Oh, we're different there. Crap! It was total crap. I um, I have to be careful in saying this too. Um, I will tell you if there are any Fear the Walking Dead fans out there. Uh, by the time you're hearing this episode, if you're listening to this episode when it first releases, the new episode of Fear has not come out yet. Yeah. But I have seen it. Yeah. Uh, I am done watching that show. Well, I'm done. I got to tell you, I I hope I I just I the 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 Negan episode made me want to like like slam my head into a wall, slam my head into a wall. I enjoyed that episode. I, I know what, you and I are different of opinion, it, are different it, opinions on that. Was it well acted? Yes, it was yes. well acted. Do I have any sympathy for a character that doesn't really have much of an excuse or a backstory of killing Glenn for fun? For fun? No. That's the one thing that you that you just can't. That, and that won't. Is, that affects your yeah. Look, and that's fine. I can like I can like Jeffrey Dean Morgan all day. Okay, I can <laughs> all like him all day. day. But that doesn't mean that I have to like, like love his character. 
I can wish for that character to die. You know what that means? It means that he's doing his job playing a horrible, horrible, despicable excuse for a human being character. Which also explains why you hate the new Captain America. I hate him too. Because John Walker, because Wyatt Russell is doing an amazing job. An amazing job. At being a very easily disliked John Walker. He looks like Joffrey is playing dress up. (laughs) I'm telling you, I still think he looks like the old man from up. Well, there's a lot like for any Peaky Blinders fans out there, there is a lot of hate for one of the characters right now just because they don't like her with the lead character. And I think that that's crap. And so they're hating her on social media. I just think that that's terrible. It they're especially for this particular character, because she's the character is a great character. She's done nothing wrong as a character, but they just, they just don't like her because she, they, they'd rather have the lead character with someone else. Yeah. See, I don't like that. I don't yeah, like it when but, they do stuff like that, but they do, but that's what, that's what toxic fandom is. It can go both ways. Just because you like an actor doesn't mean that you have to like the horrible, heinous, poor excuse of a character that that actor plays and vice versa. Just because they play a terrible character doesn't mean that they're a terrible person. Yeah. You have to be able to separate and and differentiate. And if you can't separate it, then don't watch television. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that completely. Uh, Recommendations for the week. I, I, mine are really... I don't have any shows or movies to recommend because, again, it's only been a couple days since we we did this. Um, I'll recommend a couple trailers to go online and watch. Did you hear that there's a new trailer that has just been dropped for season eight of Game of Thrones? No. <laughs> just in case fans weren't pissed off. HBO's like, here's a new trailer for season eight. Well, I know it's the 10 year anniversary of when the show premiered. Um, and HBO Max is doing a couple things online, like they're getting some of the cast back together to do some stuff and, and things. But I didn't know of anything else they're doing. Are they redoing season eight? Uh, probably not. Then who cares? Yeah, uh, I will check out. Uh, I would check out the trailer for Loki. Yes. Which looks really good. Yes. Uh, the new Black Widow trailer. Makes yes. me really want to see it. Yes. Um, and the other trailer I saw for a movie that I thought really was going to be stupid um, because I didn't think it was needed. Uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy. I watched the trailer. I kind of want to see it. It actually looks pretty decent. The only other video I will recommend uh, for this week is go online and just do a search. Do yourself a favor. If you're a fan of Falcon and Winter Soldier, if you've been watching it, uh, just just YouTube the Zemo cut uh, and give yourself and enjoy a, your hour and enjoy <laughs> your hour of a 30 second clip on loop for an wonderful. Hour. It's amazing. And it's done by Marvel. Which is the best part is Marvel was the one that released. I <laughs> see what you're doing. Uh, and for those of you listening who don't know what she's doing watch the video and you will get it you'll immediately know what i'm doing and you will probably start doing it yourself that's the best part (laughs) uh any final notes on this episode before we wrap it up nope excited for the next one me too season five episode two the lie which we will bring uh next episode and then continuing on with season five which i'm really really excited 
Uh, leave us that feedback if you got it. In the meantime, thanks for being a part of our audience and for being a part of this whole journey we've been taking. But until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late.